Hadn't it been a great service so far? Come on, somebody. All right, now I have to say something. I, I went from lime green to bright pink because I wanted to step it up. And not checking my man card in. Anybody know what this is? Fitboard. It's a Fitboard. It was on, featured on Shark Tank. And uh, does anybody know what you actually do with it? If you've been here, you know what I mean. You actually put it on the floor and you treat it almost like a skateboard. Because here's the thing, we're in a summer series right now, and really it's called This We Believe, but if you just take it back a little bit, it's literally, we're laying foundations. This is about strengthening our core. And that's what the Fitboard's all about. So I know some of you are kind of hoping for a disaster here, but uh, so what you do, you get on this thing and you do not get on a cement floor, I'm just saying, or tile, which I tried at home, not good. I mean, you spin, you just keep going. But what you do, you work this thing, and it begins to work your abs and your, your hip flexors and your obliques and all that stuff, which I'm not going to show you my six-pack because it's there, you just can't see it. So <laughs> we'll just put it that way. So all this is, it's about getting a strong foundation because once you have a strong foundation, then you can build upon that. What we do a lot of times as followers of Jesus, we get super excited. Man, we get, we get on fire for God, and we do, we're off to the races. And a lot of times, we'll try to build our spiritual house without laying solid foundations. Because, you know, doctrine's boring, and oh, you know, it's, just, it's too much work. And it's not exciting. See, when you're building the house, it's the stuff you see that gets us excited. But for those of you who are builders and in construction, you understand the need and the value of having good foundations. In fact, I've got some pictures of what it looks like. So here's where we're going to go. So I appreciate Gail for loaning me out the pink version of the Fitboard. So listen to this. We're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say one thing as we get started. The Holy Spirit is not like... Uh, it's not like something that, that, that's connected with Darth Vader, right? The force. This is not the force. The Holy Spirit is a person. Yes. Holy Spirit is not an it. Hello. And a lot of times we'll think in terms of it showing up. Can you imagine the insult? What if somebody called you an it? For some of you, it'd be on, right? That's what I'm saying. So we don't call the Holy Spirit an it, our force, the Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. The Trinity, the word Trinity means tri-unity. Three in one. So you have the Father. Remember we talked about God three weeks ago, and our summer series has taken us through this. Three weeks ago we talked about God. Remember we said that God is, God is good, and God is a good Father. Last week we talked about Jesus Christ and I got a little bit excited because I'm a Jesus guy. I mean, I get really excited talking about Jesus because Jesus transformed my life. He took me off the trajectory I was on and set me on a new trajectory that I've never, ever gotten over. In fact, I don't know about you, but I'm not like getting diminishing in passion and excitement as I'm getting older. I'm actually going exponential on this thing because I realize what I have in Jesus. And I look around at people I went to school with my age. Some of you are wondering, how, how young are you? So, I, let's just say, it, we did not have leather football helmets. I'll say that. We had, we had moved beyond that. But, uh, so I remember, but now I see on Facebook and social media, guys that I went to school with. And I, man, back in the day, those guys were like studs. I mean, they were like the superstar athletes. And they have completely, some of them, have completely cratered their life. 
through alcohol and drug abuse and just never turning to Jesus to say, is there another way? And so I'm a Jesus guy because I know what Jesus has done for me and in me. And I feel like at my tender age, I'm just getting started on this thing. And so I, the trajectory is up. So we talked about Jesus last week being not a way, a truth, and a life, but the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus. And so that's my Jesus. So today we're going to talk about the third person of this fellowship. And that's really what it is. It's a holy fellowship of the triunity, the trinity, and God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then this person that is called the Holy Spirit. By the way, the word holy, don't get all tripped up on that. In fact, I got short right here. Here's what the word holy, it's the word hagios, and it literally means this. It means set apart. So if you have this piece of paper, it's all together. Pretend this is us, this is a group. And then God says, I'm going to touch this one, and I'm going to set them apart. He now separates them from the crowd and sets them apart, and that one becomes holy. Consecrated is another word we might use. Literally means set apart, separate. So the Spirit that we talk about, the Holy Spirit, that's all it means. It means the Spirit of God that has been set apart and made holy. So that's what holy is. Set apart, consecrated. So when we talk about Holy Spirit, we're talking about the set apart, consecrated for God's use, Spirit. Now the Spirit of 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 the Holy Spirit Himself is literally the Spirit of Jesus Christ Himself on the earth. And we'll show you how that works in just a minute. We're talking about laying strong foundations. And this is what a bad foundation looks like. Here's the thing. We want to lay strong foundations because we want to be built to last. We want to make it through the long haul. Doing the right thing every day for a long period of time creates momentum in our lives. It generates inertia. And so we want to live a life for the long haul. I'm not in this for a sprint. This is not a 100 meter dash. This is actually something that I want to live out the rest of my life. And again, not just spike too early and then diminish but grow exponentially on an ongoing basis. Steady, slow, but steady, healthy growth. And so that's why we want to lay strong foundations so that we can build a structure. Obviously, that's my house in Winter Park. Just kidding. Now, I want to show you something here. We got to go to Israel a few years ago, and we learned a little bit about the temple. You're familiar with the Temple Mount. That's where now the Dome of the Rock is, but originally it was Herod's Temple back in Jesus' day. And so I got a couple of pictures here. I want to show you something. So I'm going to use this cool little pointer thing in Majiggy. Look at this. Isn't that cool? High tech. So check this out. These have been outlined because they don't actually have the outlines on the corner of the temple walls, but you have to understand, these are over two thousand years old and they're still in existence today talk about built to last so these are called and i've got it written up here two thousand year old ashlar stones form the foundation of herod's original temple in jerusalem they make up the base of what is now known the temple mount which you may have seen pictures of that um, some ashlar stones are 40 feet in length and weigh over 80 tons these foundations affirm the truth that for anything to last the test of time, the foundation must be strong, deep, 
and carefully built. And that's why we're taking time this summer to go back and revisit our foundations. A couple of pictures there. That's on the corner of the Temple Mount. And these stones right here, over 80 tons. You can go down in the tunnels, which actually goes just a little bit below ground, at the base of the original temple. And these Ashlar stones are still there. And you can go and you can touch them. And they're, they're massive. And you have to think to yourself, how in the world did they get them there? How were they able to lift them into place? But they were built to last because some 2,000 years, they're still there. This is another angle of this picture here. And it shows more foundation stones of the temple that were built on top of the original Ashlar stones. Now, go back to the outside of what's called the West Wall. You may have heard it called the Wailing Wall, right? When we were in Israel, we were naturally saying that because we've heard it said that way. And our guide, who is, uh, who's Israeli told us that that's actually an insult to his people, that it's not a wailing wall, that that was a derogatory term that some of the Palestinians and the Muslims would use as they're tossing rocks over the wall onto the people praying down below. And so he said, don't call it the wailing wall, call it the west wall, because it's the west wall of the temple. A little tidbit there to keep you out of hot water with your Jewish friends. So... Right there. So now in modern day times, you can go down here and you literally, you'll see people lining this wall right here and they'll place little prayer requests or write them on paper and put them in the wall and they pray over them. And you'll see a lot of the Orthodox Jewish people down there praying. But again, some 2,000 years and it's still there. Of course, you're more maybe familiar with the Dome of the Rock. And this is just another picture of that area right there. All the men gather here. The women gather over here. And uh, they keep the men and women separate in prayer uh, at that time, in that place. So we had quite an experience there. Of course, the Dome of the Rock up on top, which you can go up there and visit. So again, the power of laying strong foundations. Now, this is a doctrinal statement, so don't check out on me for a second, because it's actually a very powerful statement. So just look up here and read along with me. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit that's called Holy is equal with the Father and the Son. He makes people aware of their need for Christ. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. That's one of His primary roles. It's to reveal Jesus Christ. So whenever I'm sharing my faith with somebody, I believe that the Holy Spirit Himself is empowering me, according to Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I believe when I'm sharing my faith with somebody, the Holy Spirit Himself has given me dunamis, power. We get the word dynamite from that. He's giving me power to share my faith, and He's revealing Jesus even as I speak. That's the supernatural nature of the Spirit at work. So He makes people aware of their need for Christ. He did that for me. He indwells and empowers the believer. His presence in our life is a seal and guarantee that we are God's children. Sons and daughters. Not just subjects, but sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit gives believers gifts to be used to help others, to build up the body of Christ and to help others. And there's scripture references there. We're not going to go into those per se. So I want to start by sharing this out of John chapter 16, verse 7. This is a scripture in terms of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, 
This is Jesus Himself speaking to His disciples. He was getting ready to be airlifted out of here. Okay? He had spent His time. He had been faithful to His mission. His mission was finished and He's now at the very end of His mission and they're about to lift Him out. He's about to rise up and go. And He says this to them. He says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine the disciples hearing this? They just gave up their entire life, laid down everything they had, and now they're walking with and following Jesus. He says, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. Now, that doesn't make sense in any world on the surface. He says this, For if I do not go away, the Helper, very important word right there, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. What he was saying to them, and we see this played out later in the book of Acts, is that Jesus himself, while he was on the earth, was called the Son of Man. In other words, he became flesh and dwelt among us, according to John chapter 1, verse 14. Remember, he put on an earth suit and moved into the neighborhood and lived among us as one. But the thing is, while he was on the earth, he could not be in other places. There's a word for that called omnipresent. He couldn't be everywhere at one time. So he said this, Look, I'm stuck in this earth suit. In a very real sense, I'm captured. I'm, I'm capsulized. I can't go. I can only be with you right now, John. And John obviously liked to be with Jesus. If you read the book of John, he even says, I'm the disciple he liked the most. I mean, John's, John's all about himself on that. Yeah, me and Jesus, we're like this. We got it going on. But he says it. He said, but while he's with John, how could he be with Mark? over on another mountain. So he's saying, look, it's literally to your advantage that I go away. Because when I do, something's going to happen. He says, I'm going to send the helper. We're going to talk about the helper today because here's the beautiful part about it. If you have stepped over the line to go all in with Jesus Christ and given your heart and life to Him, and, he, and you've been born again, as the Scripture talks about in John chapter 3, literally, the helper himself is abiding and living within you. Now, you may not realize it, you may not have plugged into it. It may be like that software program that you download and then you've got to pay more to get the key to get the rest of it. You only get the first part of it because it's called the light version. You know what I'm talking about? And then you go deeper into it. Here's the deal. You downloaded the whole program from the start, but you could only access just a little bit of it at a time. The beauty about Jesus Himself in the form of the Holy Spirit, the one set apart is that He fills you completely and you get to spend your life discovering layer by layer more of Him in your life. Amen. Let me say it this way. When we say, Lord, we want more of you, what we really should be saying is, Lord, open my eyes that I may see what's already here. So I say a little prayer, and I'll talk about that in just a second. So the helper, he says, if I go, I will send him to you. And that should have been a moment of rejoicing. Instead, they're scratching their heads going, I don't get it. Because the disciples are a lot like you and me, right? So he says this, and when he comes, this helper, when he comes, he will convict. Now we get really, the church gets real all into this word convict here. Oh, he's going to bring the hammer. Boy, he's going to judge those rotten sinner reprobates. Now listen to this. The word convict literally is the word eleko, and it literally means to convince. The Holy Spirit is going to convince. We get all caught up in convict. Hey, that's, that's a judge term. He's going to convince. I love that term better. It literally means to convince the world. The Holy Spirit Himself will convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
Now here's the thing. A lot of times we stop there and we just try to interpret what those words mean to us when in fact the Scripture defines what they say. Verse 9, he says this, Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. He's going to convince the world in regards to sin because they don't believe. As he convinces us, the Holy Spirit does his work to reveal to us our need for Jesus Christ. Our need for a Savior. That's not a negative, that's a positive. But the church, some in the church, I don't want to overgeneralize. There are some in the church who have taken a hammer to this, and they're just hammering people on this, when in fact this is a life-giving, positive word to us. Especially when I was without Jesus. When I needed, I needed to know, I needed convincing that I needed a Savior. And that's what the Holy Spirit, His role in my life was to point me to Jesus and convince me of my need for Him. Verse 10 says, because they didn't believe, concerning righteousness. To convince concerning righteousness. You know what the word righteous means? It means to stand upright. In other words, you get to come before God because the Holy Spirit has convinced us of our righteousness That Jesus Himself says, I have made you to be the righteousness of God. Jesus makes us righteous. Let me tell you what that means. It means that Jesus allows us to stand up in the presence of a holy God. I saw the Wizard of Oz when when Annette and Faith were out of town. I jumped on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I can't remember. And it was like, oh my gosh. The Wizard of Oz, the original 1930s version is on. And I don't know about you guys, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Every time I see it, I get something fresh out of it. So I'm watching The Wizard of Oz and eating corn dogs while they're gone. Because I always eat healthy when they're home. But when they leave, I go buy a big 16 thing of corn dogs. And I just have a big time, right? I'm really wild. So I'm eating my corn dogs. I'm watching, I'm working with my guitars. And I'm watching uh, The Wizard of Oz. And... And when they come in before the great Oz, the great and mighty Oz, you remember how afraid they were? The tin man, he's shaking and rattling. The, the lion is about to just, I mean, he's, he's about to lose it, right? Which he actually does and goes run. The only, only person out of that whole group that wasn't afraid was Toto. Did you notice? Toto was totally cool with the whole thing. He's like, somebody just pet me. I'm happy. I'm good. So, but they come before the great and mighty Oz. And I pictured that as I watched as it. I thought to myself, this is how a lot of Christians come before God. They're so afraid. There's the pyrotechnics, there's the floating head, which we all know was a smoke screen, right? It was an act. Hope I didn't blow it for anybody. Go watch the movie. So, spoiler alert. So, but it turns out that I've watched believers come to God with such horror, such trauma, and such fear that they can't even enjoy His presence because they're so afraid of Him. They're so afraid. Some of you, let me just get personal here. Some of you are so afraid that God, that you're on the verge of being thumped off the planet. That you're on the verge of God just calling it in, saying, you know what, you've blown it one too many times. Some of you are in that place. And my heart breaks for you because that's not my Abba Father. So we need to chunk the Oz version of God and realize He loves you. 
In fact, he's crazy about you. He's never once looked in, the, in your mirror and thought, oh, I totally blew it on this one. Some of you have looked in your own mirror and thought, boy, God totally blew it on this one. But he will never look in your mirror and say, wow. You know, I love what Bob Goff, Bob Goff says this. He says, God doesn't have some wax image of you that's perfect. Stored away somewhere thinking, that was what I meant to make, but I got this. And some of you feel that way. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit wants to convince you that you're able to be before a holy God and stand upright. And as the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, you can come with confidence and boldness before His throne of grace. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has convinced you that you're righteous before Him. Not perfect, just made righteous by Jesus Christ Himself. So that you can walk into His presence and say, Father, Abba, or as Miss Charlene says, Papa, and just come before Him and be a son or be a daughter. Amen? Amen. And then the, thing, the next thing He does this, concerning judgment. Oh, here we go. Now we're pulling out the stones and the hammers, right church? Let's get ready to stone those sinners. Wait a minute. He's not talking about sinners in the world. He says this, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Wait a minute. I, I thought we're supposed to beat up people that don't know Jesus. I thought we're supposed, to, we're supposed to protest and hammer and crush people because you know what? They're out of line. Their politics are not like mine, so I'm just going to get on Facebook and just, oh, I'm going to let it fly. I'm meddling now. I've gone past preaching. I just stepped in it. Here's the deal. This judgment he's talking about is not about people. It's about the enemy. The enemy has been judged. Oh my gosh, I felt that when I said it. The enemy has been judged. Not you. You're loved. You've been made righteous. He's, he's shown you, look, you have need of me in your life. You need a Savior. I'm going to convince you of that. Some of you are being tugged and pulled and you don't even know why, but you're like... I want him, but I don't know. I, I want him, but I'm not sure about church. I want him. I'm just not sure about Christians. Like Mark Twain said, I'd become a Christian if it weren't for Christians. <laughs> we're stumbling over. We're, we're creating a roadblock for people. We've got to clear it out, become love, and say, you know what? All are welcome. All are welcome. Come on. Come on. Let's come. Let us reason together. So, here's laying a strong foundation for the Holy Spirit. Bottom line is this. I can't preach everything there is in 25 minutes on the Holy Spirit. Some of you just got relieved. I felt that. So here's the deal. We're not going to try to go everything. We're going to have more time together to do this. But I want to give you something that I think will help you and be practical for you. You have to understand something. When I was a young ministerial student in my traditional college, we talked a lot about God the Father. And we were all about Jesus the Son. But we were a little bit nervous about the person of the Holy Spirit. Not in a bad way, it's just, it was so ambiguous and vague where we, we could not put the Holy Spirit in a test tube, right? Or a centrifuge and spin Him out and figure out all the layers. So it was actually better just to not talk so much about Him. And because the church down the street, the weird church, anybody know about those? Hey, been there, done that, I'm just saying. So that, that church down the street was so gonzo about Jesus that... that 
that it made some of us who were more excited about the Father and the Son actually go, well, I don't want to be aligned with them in any way. So we just ran away and just like put Him completely out. Do you understand? He's one-third of the Trinity. And He's saying, come to Me. Let Me convince you of how good Jesus is and how amazing God is. Come, let Me fellowship with you. Let me empower you so that when you do share your faith, people say, never thought of it that way before. Let me come and fill you so that I can leak out of you so that when you're in aisle four at HEB, somebody says, there's something different about that lady. There's something amazing about that person. First of all, they put their shopping cart up. Whoa, there's something different about that person. I'm meddling again, aren't I? I'm just meddling today big time. Here's the thing, when you're full of Him, He empowers you so that everywhere you go, you're leaking out life. You're leaking out hope. You're leaking out grace. Why? Because you're leaking out Him. The Spirit that is holy. So, I started praying this prayer. So I'm in college, and I'm thinking, I need to get to know the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I did. I prayed to God, I prayed to Jesus, but I always felt weird praying to the Holy Spirit. Like, but then it dawned on me, wait, he's a third person trinity, it's tri-unity, they're all the same, they're on equal footing, so it's okay to pray to all three, in a sense. Don't try to make me in eight minutes figure out the trinity, okay? We're not going to go there today. But here's the deal, there's a mystery here. And let me just say something in love. If you don't have room for mystery in your life, you're going to live a miserable Christian experience. You've got to make room for mystery Make room to know that you're not going to know everything and have everything figured out. First of all, I'm not the Bible answer man and neither are you. There's room for mystery. I welcome mystery. So the fact that I can't just come up with a just killer illustration for the Trinity doesn't bother me a bit. It might bother you, but it doesn't bother me. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. I've leaned into this. So getting to know. So as a young ministerial student, I begin to pray. To the Holy Spirit, because I said, Lord, I feel, Father, I feel comfortable with you, Jesus, I'm, but Holy Spirit, I don't know you so well. And yet, I see your acts, I see what you do in the Scripture, and, and so I started praying this simple prayer. Lord, I want everything you want me to have, nothing more, nothing less. You know what that is? That's getting in the pocket, so to speak, and saying, I want to be right there, right where he wants me to be, and whatever that looks like, I'm okay. Because what if, it, what if, what if like the church down, that, down the street there, what if, what if he has me become one of them? I had to say, you know what, I am so, I want God so bad. I want everything that whatever you want, if you want to make me a fool for Jesus, I'm willing to become a fool. Well, here's the beautiful thing about it is, this is what I learned about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yes. And the Holy Spirit meets us right where, we at, where, where, where we're at because He is love. He's the heart of the Father expressed in the earth. So I started praying this simple prayer. And this is one I've prayed for a long time. So I want to share it with you because maybe it will encourage you. Here it is. Open my eyes that I may see. So come to God and say, Father, open my eyes that I may see. Why? Because we want to see what's already present. A lot of people, and I hear people say it, and we all mean well. We even sang it. It was even one of our songs. Lord, give us more of you. We want more of you. Really, what we need to be saying is, Lord, I give you more of me. 
Because you need to understand, He's not releasing His presence to you by measure. He's not saying, well, you're not quite ready, so you only get one-tenth of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but you're going to get eight-tenths because you're, you're more wild and this will fit your personality. He gives us Himself, and then we get to spend time discovering layer by layer. That's called revelation, as I said earlier. We peel back the layers and we discover, yet yeah, there's another layer, another layer. And you know what the beauty of that is? It's inexhaustible. So we get to spend the rest of our lives peeling back, learning a new, think in terms of a jewel or a diamond, a new facet of his personality and his character. So I pray this prayer, open my eyes that I may see. Open my ears that I may hear and open my heart that I may know. So it's based on these scriptures and I want to share them with you. So here it is, open my eyes that I may see. This is found in the book of John. I do not cease... Actually, this is in Ephesians. I do not cease to give thanks for you. This is Paul praying a prayer. Listen to how he prays for the church. I don't cease to give thanks for you, remembering you, my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now look what he says, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation. That, remember that peeling back. In the knowledge of Him. In knowing Him. And getting to know Him. He says this, Having the eyes of your hearts, do you know your heart had eyes? The eye of your heart, the eyes of your heart, enlightened, that means illumined, like light literally coming in. That's if your eyes are closed and you open them and suddenly you walk. You ever walked out of a movie theater in the midday? Faith and I went and watched Infinity Wars the other day on Saturday mat or Friday matinee. And we walked out of the theater and we were like this because the light illumined everything. It was so bright. So he says this, enlighten, the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know, I love that word know, gnosko, what is the hope? Remember what hope means? We talked about this last week. Confident, joyful expectation to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward you? Look what he says about his power for us immeasurable greatness of His power toward us according to the working of His great might. So, open my eyes that I may see what already is. Here's the next one. Open my ears that I may hear. Why? Because the God who spoke still speaks. He wants to speak to you. John 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, this is Jesus talking, and He's talking, He calls the Holy Spirit, this helper, this parakletos, He calls Him... The Spirit of truth. When He comes, He will guide you into all truth. Now remember, has He come? We're in studying the book of Acts. He showed up. Acts chapter 1. Then in Acts, Jesus says, look, wait, because I'm, the Holy Spirit's about to be poured out. When Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit was released upon the church in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10 for the Gentiles. And all of a sudden, He has come. So, this has already happened. This is good news. He will guide you into all the truth. That's His role, remember, to reveal Jesus. Jesus said, I am what? The way, the what? Truth and the life. He's going to reveal truth. He's going to reveal Jesus. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. So the Holy Spirit's hearing the Father hearing the Son, and He hears and then He speaks. Well, who does He speak to? 
Us. This is good news. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will declare to you. The God who spoke still speaks. Now, here's another one. The third one. Open my heart that I may know. This is a massive prayer. It sounds simple and just, you know, oh, that's cute. No, no, no. Look at what you're asking. Lord, open my heart that I may know. I said this last week about knowing Jesus. We want to be people who know in our knower the truth. Amen? So open my heart that I may know. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. We just read this. He will declare to you the things that are to come. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, because some of these Jews stepped over the line and they became Messianic Jews. They stepped over and said, I'm going to become a follower of Jesus. And he said this to them, if you abide, the word abide means to live in, to dwell in my word. Now here's the thing, we'll think that just means the Bible. Actually, he's talking about the message. It's the message of Jesus. It's the gospel that he's referring to. He's not just talking about your nice leather-bound Bible. He's talking about the very message of Jesus here. So he says this, If you abide in my word, my commands, my message, you are truly my disciples, and you will know. Say those three words with me. You will know. One more time. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know what's beautiful about that? If you've stepped over the line, you know the truth, and the truth has already set you free, even if you don't feel like you're free. Even if you don't act like you're free, you're already free. Now we need revelation to peel back the layers so that we can see what is, right? Every day I pray, I say, thank you, Father, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for freeing me from. Thank you for setting me for cleansing me in whom the Son is set free. I'm free indeed. In fact, that's the next verse. For it, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I thank Him every day for this. Well, what if you slip up? What if, you, what if that blows out of your mouth? What if you say? What if you do? What if you act? I'm still free in Christ. And I'm learning and growing in it day by day. Measure by measure. I'm knowing every day. Revelation. So, open my eyes I may see. Open my ears. We're going to pray this together as we close. Open my heart that I may know. So making it real for real life, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another parakletos. There it is. Here's what the word means. The Holy Spirit is defined as this. That the word parakletos literally means intercessor. Isn't that cool to know that you've been given an intercessor? It also means advocate. It also means counselor and comforter and, of course, helper. And He says this, to be with you for how long? Forever. He's not like a bird that flits in and out. You know, sometimes we treat the Spirit of God like we've got to be careful because we might scare Him away. This is the Holy Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, who was there when, when the earth was without form and void, and then God spoke. And Listen, He was there. The Spirit hovered over the waters of the earth before it was even created. I don't think we're going to scare Him off. So look what it says, to be with you forever. So here it is. If you need comfort, call on the Comforter. If you need counsel, call on the Counselor. If you need help, call on the Helper. And if you need intercession, call on the Intercessor. He's there for you in all of those forms, in all of those ways.
the Holy Spirit, the one has been set apart, is there for you. Even now. You say, wow, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, when you accept Jesus Christ and give Him your life and you go all in, you step over the line, you get the Holy Spirit. But wait, there's more. Sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? The beauty of it is, is that you get the full meal deal when you step over the line and give Him your heart. We talked about that last week. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet as we close together and we're going to pray together. We're going to have prayer counselors up here at the very end as we close. In fact, y'all can go ahead and come on up here. And if you need prayer for anything, and maybe you just want to take a step and say, you know what, I'm, I'm listening to what Pastor Jimmy's saying. I want, to, I want to go to a deeper level with this. I want to learn more. I want to grow more. So pray with me that my eyes would be open, my ears would be open, and my heart would be open because I'm ready to take that next step and go deeper with Him. So I'm going to pray that prayer over us. We'll be dismissed. I want to remind you we're back on for Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30, right here for our class on the book of Acts. We're continuing our journey through Acts this summer. Love to have any of you that would like to be here. And also, if you want to watch this video back online, go to my Facebook page. We're on live right now, and you can watch it again if you want to refer that to anybody. So let's pray as we close, and let's thank Jesus himself and the Holy Spirit for being with us today. Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you that you reveal Jesus every day to us. And, and Holy Spirit, I'm asking you as a favor. Would you, would you begin to help us connect the dots better between your activity in our lives and in the world in which we traffic? That we would begin to see the correlation and the connection between your activity every day, not in the big epic stuff, but in the everyday grace moments. Would you teach us to see? So I'm asking this for all of us today. Would you open our eyes that we may see? Would you open our ears that we may hear? And would you open our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free? We love you and we want to get to know you better. Thank you for helping us to lay stronger foundations. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen.